Well, good morning, everybody. Um, please spare a thought for the poor preacher that has to deal with this. Um, I did think it's probably not the sort of passage that you'd request at your wedding. Um, so let me, let me start with this. I did a little search online for um, what people might save if their house was on fire. Now, you might be thinking, well, why did you do that? It's a bit weird. I am going somewhere with this. Um, comfortingly, the top of the list was family members. So that's good. Um, second on the list was pets. Although some people did say that they would leave family members and pets to fend for themselves since they were able to move and they would go for other things. Um, now, these other things were quite varied. Things such as jewellery, watches, laptops, uh, wedding dress, artwork... Um, there was even uh, a suggestion that Star Wars figures would be saved, cigars. Um, all of these things were listed as things that would be saved if your house was on fire, people would go and get them. Now, let me just obviously caution that and say, don't do that. If your house is on fire, get out. Okay, just the health warning that goes with that. Um, but the question that underlies that, I think, is quite significant. And the question is this, what is most important to you? Now, perhaps for you it is family, your children. Maybe what's most important for you is success, um, status, salary, the promotion at work. Maybe it's possessions, having the, the nicest house, the nicest car, the best technology perhaps. Or maybe what's most important for you is to be in control. Maybe it's your, your partner, maybe it's pleasure, maybe it's holidays. And this question, what is most important to us, I think is a key question as we come to look at Zephaniah chapter 2. And it is a difficult passage. Let's make no bones about it. Okay, it is a tough passage. And as Nicholas said, it needs to be seen in the context of the whole of Zephaniah. But as we arrive at chapter 2, we find ourselves really at a hinge. Verses 1 to 3 are a bit of a hinge from what we read in chapter 1 where God pronounces his judgment on his own people, the people of Judah. And his message in chapter 1 essentially is this, I am no longer most important to you, Judah. The basis of our relationship is that I am to be most important to you. The basis of you being in the land that I've given to you is on the basis that I am most important to you. And that is no longer the case, and because of that, judgment is coming. And we know that judgment comes in the form of Babylon, who come and conquer the people of Judah and take them off into captivity. But what Zephaniah does here, in verses 1 to 3, is to call the people of Judah to repent. He says, judgment is coming, I've told you that. There is a time appointed for this judgment to happen. But what you need to know is that, yes, God is a God of justice. He will judge you, but he is also a God of love and mercy. And in his love and in his mercy, he has told you up front that this is coming and is giving you time to get right with him. And he says to them, if you get right with him, if you repent, if you seek the Lord, seek righteousness, in other words, live the way he wants you to live, if you seek humility, then you will live beyond this. 
but you've got to make a choice. You have got to turn back to God. And for any of you within the people of Judah who are doubting what I'm saying to you, let me tell you what is going to happen to all of the nations geographically around you. These are nations, Judah, that are stronger than you, that have caused you plenty of trouble in your history. These are nations that are going to be judged by God as well for their rebellion against him. And they are stronger than you. And so when the conquering army comes and you see that all of these nations are going to fall, know that what I have said to you is going to happen because you are less powerful than these nations. You cannot resist the might of the army that is coming against you. And what Zephaniah does is he starts in the west. He starts with the nation of Philistia in verses 4 to 6. Now the Philistines were a people group who settled in the land uh, around about the same time as the people of God as they came in from the promised land. And the Philistines were, if you like, a bit of a spiritual barometer for the people of Judah. If the people of Judah were in good relationship with God, if they were following God and they were worshipping God, then they would have victory over the Philistines when the Philistines attacked them. And we think perhaps of stories such as David and Goliath. But if the people of Judah turned away from God and were turning to the gods of the land and worshipping things that were not the God of them, then actually they would lose those battles. We think perhaps of Samson and Delilah, although there is a victory at the end. Actually, the Philistines were the ones who were on top. This nation was a powerful nation. They had the ability to cause the people of God trouble time and time again. But Zephaniah says, look at their four major cities. They are going to be destroyed. And when he talks about the city of Ashdod, he says it's going to be emptied at midday. That's significant because if you are a conquering army, you are not going to fight at midday. Midday is the hottest part of the day. If you're a general, you're not going to line your soldiers up in the heat of the day and go, Right, lads, let's go. Because they'll be like, what are you doing? It's it's scorching hot. We're going to lose. We're exhausted. But what Zephaniah is saying here is that actually this conquering army is going to be so powerful and so overwhelming that they can attack in the heat of the day and the cities are going to fall. People of Judah, hear this, Zephaniah says, this nation to the west of you, Philistia, that has caused you so much trouble, they are going to be judged And defeated. If you doubt what I've said to you in chapter 1, if you doubt what I've already said to you about God's judgment, look at what's going to happen to them and act. And then he turns his attention from west to east. He turns to the people groups of Moab and Ammon. Now Moab and Ammon have an interesting history in relation to the people of God because they are actually blood relatives. Moab and Ammon were the children of Lot, and Lot was the nephew of Abraham. Now, there's rather a messy story in Genesis 19. It's a good job that the majority of children are gone, um, because what happens is that the daughters of Lot decide that there are no men uh, around, and they want to have children, so they get their father drunk and sleep with him. From those, uh, dare I suppose the best word here is interactions, arrive Moab and Ammon. 
What God says to his people as they come into the promised land is, you are not to harm the people of Moab and Ammon. They are your relatives. You are not to harm them. You are not to drive them out. Other people groups you may, but then you leave them alone. But despite that, despite the fact that the people of God honor their blood relatives of Moab and Ammon, Moab and Ammon, their desire is to take the land for themselves. We see that in verses 8 and verses 10. That there is this pride within them that rises up and they say, we will take the land of Judah for ourselves. We will defeat the people of God. We will have their land. And God says, you will be judged for your pride. You will be judged for rising in rebellion against me. People of Judah, Zephaniah says, hear this, that as you see Moab and Ammon fall to this conquering army, know that what I have already said to you is going to happen. So get right with God while you can. From east, Zephaniah goes to the south, and he talks about the area of Cush, which is the nations of Egypt and Ethiopia. Egypt obviously has played a significant part in the history of the people of God, having enslaved them for a significant period of time. Zephaniah devotes one verse to them. The sword of the Lord will come, you will be defeated. You will be judged. That's it. This mighty nation that has held the people of God captive for so many years is going to be defeated. People of Judah, Zephaniah says, hear what I'm saying. See what will happen to the nations of Egypt and Ethiopia and know that what I have said to you is going to come. But get right with God now. And lastly, he moves from south to north. He moves to the world superpower of the time, the mighty nation of Assyria. The people of Judah have already seen the nation of Assyria sweep in and take the northern kingdom of Israel, the ten tribes, into captivity. You see, there is a very similar history unfolding with the people of Israel, the northern kingdom. God said to them, if you don't get right, if you don't return to me, you are going to be judged. The people of Israel didn't return to God, and they were judged, and the kingdom of Assyria came in and led them off into captivity. The capital city of Assyria is the city of Nineveh. This is the city that is described as being the city of, of reverie, of partying, of being carefree. But they say significantly about themselves, I am the one. There is none like me. Their pride is such that they will assume for themselves the name of Yahweh, the name I am. They say, I am the one. There is none like me. No one can harm me. No nation can overwhelm me. I am the greatest. And Zephaniah says to the people of Judah, hear this, that when you see the mighty superpower of the time of Syria defeated and the city of Nineveh destroyed, know that what I have said to you is coming. But get right with God while you can. So as we return to 
these hinge verses, verses 1 to 3, seeing how the other nations are judged by God, we see that there are three that are judged for pride, Moab, Ammon, and Assyria. And what Zephaniah wants the people of Judah to hear is, you are a proud people. You have set yourselves up against God, yet you are his own people. And he says to them in verse 3, seek the Lord, seek righteousness, start living the way that God wants you to live, and seek humility. Get on your knees and say to God, God, we are sorry, we have turned away, we have no longer had you as the most important in our lives. Zephaniah says, judgment is coming. Yes, judgment is coming for the fact you have turned away. But know this, that God is a God of judgment, but he is a God of love and mercy because he is giving you time to get right with him. And in the midst of the terrible messages, there is this message of hope that there will be a remnant who survive. We see in verses 7 and 9 that Zephaniah makes reference to the remnant And the message of hope for the people of Judah is this. Guys, if you turn back to God, if you repent, if you get on your knees, if you humble yourselves, if you say to God, God, we are sorry, you will survive. You will not suffer the judgment of God. And so for us this morning, as I return to that question I asked at the beginning, what is most important to us? There was one thing, person, that I left off the list at the beginning, and that is God. Because the question that we need to ask ourselves this morning is this, is God most important to us? Because if he's not, we have a choice to make. Do we change our priority or not. Because friends, judgment is coming for us as well. We know that. We see it in the story of Scripture. We know that our God is a God of justice. And actually how great it is that he is a God of justice because what sort of God would he be actually if he turned a blind eye to all the horrors that we see? But friends, that's only half the story the message of judgment, because we know that God is a God of love and a God of mercy. And the symbol that we have behind us at the top there, the cross, that is the central element of our faith. Because what God did was to say, yes, judgment is coming, but Jesus is the one on whom that judgment will fall. Because I want you to return to me. And when you return to me, you will not face that judgment that is due to you. If you come to me and you say, I am sorry, return to me, put me as the most important in your life, God says, the judgment that is due to you is taken by Jesus. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says this, that God is patient God is patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That is the heart of God. 
He is a God of justice. He will bring his judgment. But his love for us, his mercy upon us is such that he says, come to me. I will tell you in advance that my judgment is coming and I will give you the time to get right with me. But what we see in the message of Zephaniah is that the window of opportunity to get right with God is time limited. And so it is for us. Because actually in 2 Peter 3 verse 10, Peter writes this, he says, the day of the Lord, the day of judgment, will come like a thief. In other words, it will come when we least expect it. We don't know when that day will be. But in this moment, sitting here this morning, we have an opportunity to get right with God. And so as I close, what I want to invite us to do is to take advantage of that opportunity this morning. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, actually, you know what? I know that God is most important to me. And God's message through Zephaniah to you this morning is a message of encouragement. Keep going, you humble of the land, as he says in verse 3. Keep seeking the Lord. Keep seeking righteousness. Keep seeking humility. Don't be distracted by the world. Don't be distracted by its gods. Because we see in verse 11 that Zephaniah says, all the gods of the world will be destroyed. Don't follow the gods of the world. Those of you who are saying, I know God is most important to me, be encouraged. Keep going. Persevere. Maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what? I know that God has been important to me in the past, but he isn't anymore. I know that things have got in the way. God's message to you through Zephaniah this morning is this. Come back. Return. Repent. Humble yourselves. Say you're sorry. God, I want to put you back as most important in my life. Experience my love and my mercy, God says this morning. Experience my forgiveness because of Jesus. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, I've never put God as most important in my life. God's message to you through Zephaniah this morning is this. Do that. Take advantage of this opportunity to put me as most important in your life. Say to me, God, I want to put you as most important in my life. I'm sorry that I've not done that before, that I've chased things that aren't you. Please forgive me. And God's message is this. Yes, you are forgiven because of Jesus. I'd like us to take a a short time of silence because each one of us knows where we are on this spectrum. Let me encourage you in this time of silence to talk to God for yourselves. And maybe your message to God as you talk to him is, God, keep me going strong with you. Keep me going strong. Maybe your message is, God, I want to come back. I'm sorry. Maybe it's, God, I want to come to you for the first time. So as we hold this silence, talk to him for yourself. And then I will close in prayer. Let's pray.
God is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Father, we thank you that you say as well in your word that when we come to you in forgiveness and ask for your forgiveness that we receive that. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your message of salvation. Thank you that you are a God who gives us the opportunity to turn back. And Lord, you have heard what we have said to you this morning. We pray that we will be people who put you first. Holy Spirit, will you come and will you strengthen us to walk the path that you desire for us, that path of humility, that path of righteousness, that path of seeking the Lord. Make us a people holy and acceptable to you, Lord God, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.